محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحر لقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ما بعد Respected elders, dear brothers and sisters, my young friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the universe, our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher. And we begin by sending peace and salutations upon his beloved messenger, Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. I hope, my brothers and sisters, that you are all doing well and are in the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As you know, as Muslims, there are certain words that are part of our vocabulary and that many of us use regularly. Words that are usually peculiar to Muslims, meaning they're not necessarily used uh, oftenly uh, or used regularly by others, although it is possible that in Arab-speaking countries, these terms are even used by those who are not Muslims, they're used by Christians as well, because of course there are many similarities in terms of uh, beliefs as well as major differences. So there are certain words that are part of our vocabulary, many of us use regularly. Some of these words are even known, even in the Western world uh, or outside of Muslim-majority countries, are known to people who are not Muslim. So the other day I was uh, hiking on a trail nearby and a young man rode by on his bike and uh, he says, uh, Salaamu Alaikum Wa Alaikum Asalaam after seeing me, right? So um, that is one term that many people have become familiar with. Of course, they know what Ramadan is uh, in terms of you know our celebrations, uh, Eid as well. Allahu Akbar has also become known, uh, but sadly has been associated uh, with violence, even though it has nothing to do with violence, but many times when people hear Allahu Akbar, they're not Muslim or, or they, they, they think, or they read the term, they associate it with violence, unfortunately. And nothing could be further from the truth, of course. Now, an Islamic term that has made headlines this week is Insha'Allah. And that's because it supposedly made it into the presidential debate uh, south of the border. But if you actually look at the context in which it was supposedly uttered, I'm still not sure if it was exactly the word, but you'll take it for what it, it is said to be. Um, it wasn't used in the way that it's supposed to be used or that it should be used. There seem to be actually many stories of non-Muslims interacting with Muslims, especially in some Muslim-majority uh, societies, and walking away, and it doesn't have to be there, it could be here as well, um, people who are not Muslim who are working with Muslims perhaps, and they're walking away with a completely skewed understanding about how the term is, is supposed to be used and what it actually means. And it's not their fault, right? It's not their fault. It's because the Muslims that they're interacting with are using it disrespectfully, are using it out of place, are using it in, in completely the opposite sense or incorrect sense compared to what it actually means and what it's actually supposed to be used for. So let's talk about that, inshallah. So where you know, does this term Insha'Allah come from anyway. In Surah Al-Kahf, which of course is a surah that we are recommended, advised to recite on, uh, uh, on Fridays today. And if not fully, then at least the first 10 verses or the last 10 verses or both. In Surah Al-Kahf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
ولا تقولن لشيء إني فاعل ذلك غدا إلا أن يشاء الله and never say of anything I will definitely do this tomorrow ولا تقولن لشيء إني فاعل ذلك غدا and never say of anything that I will do it tomorrow or I will definitely do it tomorrow or do this tomorrow without adding if Allah so wills إلا أن يشاء الله without qualifying with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this has to do with the Prophet sallallahu He was being asked questions regarding the Ashab al-Kahf, regarding the people of the cave, by the people of Mecca who were being coached by some of the people of the book, by some of the Ahlul Kitab, who knew about this story. So they knew about the story of the people of the cave, of the Ashab al-Kahf, and they were telling the, the, this, the uh, polytheists the mushrikun of Mecca, what to ask the Prophet ﷺ regarding the story, sort of like, you know, to quiz him and to test him. And the Prophet ﷺ was anticipating revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that would contain the answers to these questions. Okay, the Prophet ﷺ was expecting that he would receive revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which would guide him and tell him on how to answer these questions. So the Prophet ﷺ promised to answer those questions the next day without saying inshallah without saying if Allah wills so he made a promise he said that he was going to give them the answer tomorrow but he did not use uh, this term inshallah he did not qualify by the, uh, to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what happens is that no re revelation comes no wahi comes the next day and the next day and the next day until 15 days have passed now of course the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was grieved uh, and he was worried the polytheists, the mushrikun of Mecca, got their opportunity to laugh at the Prophet ﷺ and to ridicule him because, of course, that was something that they were constantly looking to do. Then, finally, after these 15 days had passed, the revelation finally came with the answers that uh, that were needed and uh, regarding what was being asked about the Ashab al Kaf, about the people of the cave. And then those answers came with this guidance as well that وَلَا تَقُولَنَّ لِشَيْءٍ إِنِّي فَاعِلٌ ذَلِكَ غَدًا إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ And never say of anything that I will definitely do this tomorrow without adding if Allah so wills. وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ إِذَا And But if you forget, then remember your Lord. If you forget to do so, because it happens, because we're human beings, you may forget. When you remember, then remember your Lord. وَقُلْ And say, I trust my Rabb, my Lord, will guide me to what is more right than this. Okay, so this is the guidance that came, the advice that came with the uh, the answers that the Prophet ﷺ was looking for. So this is one of the etiquettes we learn regarding our promise or ex uh, to someone or our expectation of something happening in the future, our decision to do something in the future, that we should always qualify it with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the reason for that is, you know, we plan to do something, but how do we actually know that we will be able to do it for sure? How many times have we planned something, we put it in our calendar, we've, you know, promised someone that we're going to meet them, we're going to do something, uh, maybe our family was asking us to do something, maybe it was a work assignment, whatever it was, you know, we plan to do something, how many times has it happened that we have not been able to live up to our promise? Right? So when we promise something, how do we know that we're actually going to be able to do it for sure? Right? What if we're no longer alive? Right? Or something else happens that is beyond our control, right? that we do not know about? It will end up being a false statement. 
in that case, right? Which is, of course, uh, perhaps unintentional, but nonetheless, you know, a false statement, you know, linked with lying, which is prohibited. Unless we say, inshallah, that if Allah wills, then we are qualifying it with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning, right, implying that, not that I'm never going to do this or I don't want to do it, but implying that I will try to do it, I will try to live up to my promise or what I have said. If Allah so wills, meaning if Allah facilitates it for me, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides for me or allows me to do it, then I will go ahead and do it. It also protects us from regret. That if we tried sincerely to do something and it didn't happen, then we can reassure ourselves. Now that's the key word there, that we try sincerely to do something, that we had the intention, we made the effort, but still it did not happen. Then we, it protects us from regret because we know that it was not the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so it didn't happen. And it's also, if we think about it, a way of seeking permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning recognizing that we are not in control of our matters. Or that the control that we have is has been given to us by Allah and it is very little control. And indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is controlling all matters and we are subservient to him and we are dependent on him and his facilitation of our wishes and our actions. Now the scholars say, have mentioned that this is not a command that conveys obligation because you know a lot of times uh, the amr or the command is for wujub, for it's, 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 it's obligatory. But rather this is a recommendation. And Shaykh Al-Sa'adi says in his, uh, in his tafsir of this verse, that and as for the mentioning of the will of Allah, that as for the mentioning of the will of Allah, then from it is the ease and facilitation of an affair and receiving blessings in it and the abd, the slave, the servant of Allah seeking aid from his Lord. So when a person sincerely uses this term, insha'Allah, what is it uh, entail, what, what does it entail or what is it seeking? Ease and facilitation of that affair. So if we recognize the will and the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then insha'Allah that is something that will come as a result of our recognition of the power, the superiority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his will. And that matter will be blessed. And it is a form of seeking aid from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of seeking help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that matter. So essentially, it is a signal of humility of a person. If a person does it sincerely, right, that you recognize that not everything is in your own control, that you do require the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to be successful in a matter, that you require you know, tawfiq, you require ease and facilitation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're seeking help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we use the word, inshallah, this is the type of attitude and the intention, the mindset that we want to have as we use this term. Now in Surah Al-Insan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَن يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلِيمًا حَكِيمًا And you do not will except that Allah wills. Indeed, Allah is ever-knowing and wise. You do not will except that Allah wills. Okay, so this tells us a very simple but important concept that is a part of our beliefs. That our will is subject to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So yes, we have some uh, will or you could say desire, determination to do something. But that is subject to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And nothing will happen without His will. Now, in this context, it's referring to even something as great as being guided. 
And this is what we learn that even something as great as being guided and coming closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because the context of this verse is before this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that indeed this is a reminder. So he who wills may take to his Lord away. He who wills, after hearing this reminder of the surah of the Quran, of the reminder that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, the one who wills, after hearing that, after reading it, may take to his Lord away. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has referred to the will of the human being. However, he has then made it clear that our will is subject to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So anything that we plan to do, it needs to match with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Even if it is something that's seemingly good. And this is from the wisdom and the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we find this term in the Quran being spoken about seven times or so. Uh, spoken by different people. So Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, right, more than once. Right, in one example, and then he is, uh, of course, speaking to uh, Khadr, and he uh, off also offers uh, offers that you know, inshallah, uh, you know, I'm going to be from amongst those who follow your orders and who are patient and so on. Uh, Sayyidina Ismail alayhi salam, you know, to his father, Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam, before the sacrifice, sabirin in that case. Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam, right, referring. Uh, to uh, his parents, you know, his brothers, his family coming uh, to him um, um, and talking about, you know, entering uh, 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 into uh, Masr and uh, entering uh, with peace. So he uses the word, inshallah, there as well. Now the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and there's of course other instances as well. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi tells us that Prophet Sulaiman alayhi salam had said that he was going to do something and the Prophet gave some details that had to do with his family, had to do with his children for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it was a noble intention, a noble act that Sayyidina uh, Sulaiman alayhi salam was intending to do. But he did not end up saying, Insha'Allah. He did not end up saying, Insha'Allah, when he made that statement expressing his intention of what he wanted to do. And as a result, the matter did not materialize as he had wished. Right? In fact, if you look at it, it, it would appear to be Allah knows best but it would appear to be something that you know really didn't materialize at all right so it was uh, it, it was really not successful perhaps could be termed as a failure the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that law qala insha'allah lam yahnaf wa kana arja li hajati if he had said insha'allah he would not have broken his oath his oath and would have had more hope of fulfilling his wish right so this is the guidance that we get the hope we get with regards to um, the, using the term insha'Allah and using it sincerely, right? Uh, but the results, be, meaning being successful in something because we have said insha'Allah, that is not something which is guaranteed, right? It is not guaranteed. It's not like we say insha'Allah and we know for sure 100% how we're going to end up doing this matter because it's not always the case as we find in the story of Musa as I mentioned. And he says, سَدَجِدُنِي إِنشَاءَ صَابِرًا وَلَا أَمْرًا when he assures Khadr and he says that you will find me patient, Allah willing, and I will not disobey any of your orders. As we know, this is something that Sayyidina Musa salam was intending to do, that he wanted to do, but in the end, you know, it was not meant to be, and he didn't stay uh, very long after that uh, with Khadr. Now, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, 
has also told us something else with regards to this term, insha'Allah, as it relates to swearing an oath, making a vow. The Prophet says that man halafa ala yameen faqal insha'Allah fala hintha alayh. That whoever swears an oath and then says if Allah wills, that person is not held accountable if they end up breaking that oath. Now the meaning of this is that if a person makes a vow or swears an oath to do something and says insha'Allah immediately after, then if that person, despite having the intention in trying to live up to their oath, is not able to, then there will be no penalty due upon them, which would be due otherwise. Okay? So if an oath or a vow is qualified with, insha'Allah, then that person will not be responsible uh, if they ended up having to break that oath. Now, of course, this goes back to you know, not making these statements without the intention of not doing it. Right, so inshallah, oftentimes, unfortunately, is used, you know, as uh, uh, we find today, is used by uh, many Muslims as a, uh, as someone referred to as a get out of jail card. Right, when you don't want to say something, or sorry, when you when you don't want to do something, then you say inshallah. Right, and um, unfortunately, it's to the point where, in some instances, or perhaps many instances, people even dread hearing inshallah. I've been reading many stories of people, you know, not so much here, but Muslim majority countries, societies, you go to the office, you go to, a, you know, for a document, you go to an officer or someone, in, you know, in power, in charge, and they tell you, inshallah, and it's like, you have no hope left about this matter being resolved because you heard, inshallah. You know, so, and of course, it's not specific only to those types of situations, but unfortunately, what is happening is that people take it to mean as the ultimate statement that denotes a complete lack of hope regarding something getting done. Okay, so if you want to tell someone that you know you you, you don't want to do something, uh, you just say inshallah, and they understand it to mean that this matter is not going to get done. There's no hope in this; it's not going to happen. If we use it in that way, my brothers and sisters, to get away from doing something, not only are we making a false promise that we don't intend to deliver upon, which is wrong in the first place, right? To to give a false impression or to make a false promise. That, that you don't intend to fulfill. But we're then also on top of, I mean, that's bad enough. Right? But then on top of that, we're also associating that false promise with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? I mean, this is the extent to which, you know, we are degrading this noble and sacred term in the name of Allah. Right? We should not be afraid to say no if we don't intend to do something. It's hard to say no. Right? Someone's inviting you, someone's asking you to do something, and you know it's difficult for you. You don't want to say no, you just say inshallah. Right? And, you know, I may also be guilty of this. May Allah forgive me. Uh, and this may be something that we often do. Perhaps we don't realize it. You know, perhaps it's in matters that we don't think are very, very serious. But we end up using this term in that state, in that way. So, you know, we should not be afraid to say no if we don't intend to do something or if it's difficult for us to do something. Or at least say no or explain the situation in a nice way if you don't want to be rude without invoking the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Without using it in this way. Now there's often, I want to mention something, that there's often much discussion in some circles sometimes, you'll see this online as well, about how insha'Allah should be written in English and other languages. The concern being that if insha'Allah, right, which is three words in Arabic, if wills Allah, if Allah wills, is written as one word, it may change the meaning to suggest that ayyadu billah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is created or something along those lines. Now you'll find, of course, different views, just like any other issue. Uh, but honestly, when we write words 
in the way that they are spoken in another language. Okay, so you're taking the words of one language, which is Arabic, in which it is three words, in, sha, and Allah, and you're writing it in another language. Whenever you do that, that's called transliteration. Okay, what is it called? It's called doing transliteration. And transliteration are, are words, or is a process of writing according to how words sound and not their meaning. The process of transliteration is to write how words sound in another language, it's not based on what they actually mean in the other language. Okay, so you can write it as you will, as long as when a person reads it, they're reading it in the way that it should be it should be read in the original language. So if you write inshallah in English as one word, two words, three words, it doesn't really matter as long as your intention and the context are clear on its meaning that it is, that you intend is what if Allah wills. That's what you're trying to say. When a person is making a statement about the future and they write inshallah as one word or two words uh, in English, you know, clearly they're not you know, intending to say something about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being created. Okay, so that is not their intention. So it depends on your intention and of course the context of, as well. Now, of course we're writing in Arabic, we should try to spell it correctly. But even if a person makes a mistake, a genuine mistake, you know, it won't be a major sin, even a minor sin. So we should try to write it as it is meant to be. This should be our effort. Uh, when we're writing it in Arabic. Now, finally, inshallah is to be used when we intend to do something or regarding something in the future that we cannot be sure about whether it will happen or not. But it should not be used when making dua for something that we know that is definitely good for us. It should not be used when we are making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially regarding something which we know is beneficial to us and is good for us. So when the matter is uncertain, so let's say you're trying to you know, make a decision, whether it's regarding marriage or you know, a big purchase, a job, a promotion, um, travel, whatever it is, right? You're trying to make a decision. It doesn't have to be big. It could be small as well. And the matter is uncertain. You're not sure, as, in, as it is the case in almost every decision that we make, um, that, uh, or at least I should say worldly decision, or decision regarding worldly matters, we're not sure whether it's going to be good for us or not. We don't know if it's going to be harmful for us or not. And for that, we have the, the dua of istikhara, right? We turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we make the dua of istikhara and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum say that the Prophet right. sallallahu would teach them this dua as he would teach a surah of the Qur'an with the same importance, although it is not part of the Qur'an, right? So for matters in which we are unsure, we have the dua of istikhara where we are qualifying that, oh Allah, you know, if you know that this matter, if this matter is determined or destined for me to be good for me in this world and the hereafter and so on, then make it happen. If it is not, then turn it away from me. So that is from the dua of istikhara. But for that matters which are certainly good for us, like the forgiveness and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his protection and so on, we should not qualify on Allah's will. And this is from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who instructed us saying, لا يقولن أحدكم اللهم اقفلي اللهم ارحمني إن شئت ليعزم المسألة فإنه لا مكرهنا That None of you should say that, oh Allah, forgive me if you wish. Or Allah, be merciful to me if you wish. But he should always appeal to Allah with determination for nobody can force Allah to do something against his will. Okay, so when you make dua for maqfirah, for forgiveness, for mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, other matters which are definitely good for you and for us, then do not qualify it with, oh Allah, if you will. Right? If nobody's going to force Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anyway. So ask him with determination and with you know, with, with strong hope and don't, you know, leave it hanging uh, like that. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, always protect us 
and guide us to do that, which is good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all from all types of mistakes and evils. Ameen wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. InshaAllah wa rasmi dua. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu wa ilayta yurja'u al-amru kulluhu. Allahumma laka alhamdu hatta tarda wa laka alhamdu idha rabid wa laka alhamdu ba'da rida. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallam. Oh Allah, please protect us and forgive us, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please protect us from all types of evils and from committing all types of emails. evils. Oh Allah, please forgive us for all of our shortcomings and mistakes that we have committed, that we are committing, and that we will commit in the future. Oh Allah, please forgive us, Ya Rahman Rahimeen. Oh Allah, please cure all of our brothers and sisters who are ill. Oh Allah, all of our brothers and sisters in our families, in our communities, Allah, around the world who are ill, especially our elder sister who is suffering from illnesses and pain, our brother and sister who are suffering from long-term pain and injuries, Allah, our brothers and sisters recovering, uh, brothers and sisters recovering from major surgeries and medical procedures, our sister who is suffering from cancer, our brother with unexplained symptoms, our friends, relatives who are diagnosed with COVID-19, Allah, all of those who are ill, who are at risk of becoming ill, oh Allah, you are the protector and the healer. Oh Allah, please grant them all the speedy recovery. Oh Allah, please protect them from all types of illnesses and pain and suffering and grant them a state of peace, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please grant relief to all of those who are in pain and grief, stress, anxiety, mental pain, physical pain. Oh Allah, please replace all of that pain and that stress and that anxiety with happiness and peace and joy, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma shfim ardana. اللهم اشفهم شفاء عاجلا كاملا من كل داء اللهم اغفر لجميع موت المسلمين الذين شهدوا لك بالوحدانية ولنبيك بالرسالة وماتوا على ذلك اللهم اغفر لهم وارحمهم وعافهم وعفو عنهم وفرم نزلهم ووسع مدخلهم وصلهم بالماء والثلج والبرد ونقهم كما ينقى الثوب الأبيض من الدنس اللهم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم ربنا لا تزق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم إنا نسألك حبك وحب من يحبك والعمل الذي يبلغنا حبك يا رب العالمين اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة اللهم أسبغ علينا لباس الصحة والعافية وجعلها عونا لنا على طاعتك ومرضاتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم جعلنا من كل ضيق مخرجا ومن كل هم فرجا ومن كل بلاء عافية اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا وعملا متقبلا ورزقا حلالا واسعا ولسانا ذاكرا وقلبا خاشعا ويقينا صادقا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم أحسن عقبتنا في الأمور كلها واجرنا من خزي الدنيا وعذاب الآخرة اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من زوال نعمتك وتحول عافيتك 
wa fujaati nikmatika wa jami'i sakhatika ya arhamar rahimin Allahumma inna na'udhu bika minal hammi wal huzn wal azzi wal kasl wal bukhli wal jubni wa dhul'i al-dayni wa ghulabati al-rijal Allahumma akfina bihalalika an haramik waghnina bifadlika amman siwak Allahumma inna nas'aluka khayra al-mas'alah wa khayra al-du'a wa khayra al-najah wa khayra al-amal wa khayra al-thawab wa khayra al-hayati wa khayra al-mamat Allahumma barik fi amari abaina wa umahatina ومتعهم بالصحة والعافية يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم حرر المسجونين المظلومين خصوصا في بلاد المسلمين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم ألف بين قلوب المسلمين ووحد صفوفهم وأصلح قادتهم واجمع كلمتهم للحق يا رب العالمين اللهم أصلح حوال المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم حرر فلسطين والمسجد الأقصى يا رب العالمين اللهم احفظ وانصر اخواننا واقواتنا في كل مكان يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم انصر المستضعفين في كل مكان وحقق لهم النصر والفتح المبين يا رب العالمين ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه محمد على اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين جزاكم الله خيرا brothers and sisters uh, for those who are at home please offer four rak'ahs of dhuhr prayer for those who are joining us uh, please come, uh, uh, those who are joining us for Friday prayer who have registered, please come at your allotted times. Jazakumullah uh, khaira. And tonight, inshallah, we'll be having an important discussion uh, on self-harm. Uh, this is a phenomena uh, that exists, uh, perhaps, uh, may Allah protect us, but in some of our families as well, in society in general, um, they are, you know, they ask the question, are you harming yourself? You have a family member who is harming themselves, perhaps, you know, cutting themselves or, or harming themselves in other ways, or thinking of harming themselves. Uh, so inshallah, we'll be having an important discussion on this topic. We'll have uh, two Muslim psychotherapists, inshallah, uh, one of whom is, uh, inshallah, Islamic scholar. will be joining us this evening, inshallah, at 9 p.m. You can join the discussion online and watch the discussion online, inshallah, and comment as well at canadamuslims.ca slash live. Inshallah, I look forward to seeing you there. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.